Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Michael Krasny. Berkeley approved a measure this week that pledges to bring sweeping police reform. It includes proposals that will take police off traffic enforcement and calls regarding homeless and mental health issues, put forth transparent community forums about policing, and cut funding by 50%. Mayor Jesse Aragin joins us to talk about the motion. And then at 9.30 a.m., San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo will join us to talk about his nine-point plan to reform the city's police department. His proposals have been met with criticism that they don't go far enough. Calls to shape up the department come in the wake of protests over police brutality nationwide in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. He'll join us to address the city's current challenges. It's all coming up after the news. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Michael Krasny. Good morning and welcome to this morning's forum program. The Berkeley City Council approved a motion this week on the issue of police reform, bringing some of the most radical changes to policing in the state. A proposal by Councilmember Rigel Robinson will create BerkDOT, a new Department of Transportation with unarmed officials who will conduct parking and traffic enforcement. The motion also includes a pledge to cut the police budget by 50% and to develop a specialized care unit, a network of crisis responders for calls concerning homelessness and mental health. In this segment, we'll talk with Mayor, Berkeley Mayor Jesse Argan, and he joins us, and we welcome you to the program, Mayor Argan. Good morning, Michael. Good morning to you. And uh, if you have questions about this new police reform in Berkeley, we invite you to join us. How do you feel about the changes? Do they go too far or not far enough? You can give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Or email questions or comments to forum at kqed.org. Mayor Aragon, let's begin by talking about the fact this is an omnibus bill. It passed unanimously, although uh, there was one council member, Cheryl Davila, who abstained. Um, though she wanted more than actually what was brought forward. The police budget, first of all, is being cut by or the goal is to cut it by 50%. And let's talk about that because I think as you've said, defunding means different things to different people, but you're trying to modernize, to innovate, and to maybe even reinvent what police do. So let's start with that slash of uh, the budget to about $36 million, uh, already reduced, I think, 12% by about 9.2 million. Berkeley right now, I guess, is down in the 3% level. I'd like you to address that first of all, because that is of concern. Maybe more, one might argue, to people up in the hills than in the flatlands. But the idea here is what can be done about reducing crime rate? Is this going to actually reduce the crime rate when there are about 97% of big cities that have lower crime rates than Berkeley does? 
Good question, Michael. Uh, we know that many cities are exploring reductions in their police budgets. And as you noted, um, on June 30th, the city council reduced the police department budget by 12% and reinvested funds in programs serving our African-American community as well as funding a citywide process to reimagine public safety. And there was a proposal actually to immediately cut the police department budget by 50%. And we rejected this proposal because we felt it was arbitrary and would have sig significant impacts on public safety. But the idea is by moving certain responsibilities that are currently in the police department, such as traffic and parking enforcement, mental health response, homeless response, to um, unsworn positions, um, that that will free up um, our police officers to actually do what they are trained to do, which is to address serious and violent crimes. And I do believe we need a police department. While there are some that call for abolishing the police, I do not think that is responsible, and particularly with the prevalence of guns in our society, we have to have armed and trained um, personnel to be able to keep our community safe. The question is how many, and the question is what they do. And, and all these are things that we'll be discussing over the next year, but we, we have to make sure that we have a police that can respond to serious and violent crimes. And I think if we can um, shift some of that responsibility, uh, that will ensure that, that they can respond to calls more quickly, and uh, work to keep our community safe. Well, one of the big shifts is BurkeDOT, which is an idea many feel has been overdue. You have a transportation department that will be set up with unarmed officials in charge of parking and traffic enforcement. And uh, this is being cast as being seen really through a racial lens. In fact, uh, I think it was uh, Rigel Robinson, who I mentioned earlier, a council member who said uh, driving while black should not be a crime. Uh, blacks and brown people are disproportionately stopped by police and they're often tragic and, and uh, lethal consequences. Uh, I wonder though what you say, for example, to someone like Mark Cronin, Los Angeles Police Protection League, who says that um, it's, this is dangerous. It's dangerous for traffic safety, it's dangerous for fatalities, and he says they'll increase exponentially and you've got drunk drivers and drivers who are fleeing crimes and that sort of thing. Uh, how does that all fit into the picture of Transdot? Well, um, you know, one criticism, as you noted, is that we can never predict when a stop may be dangerous for an officer. And while this is true, the same can be said for any government employee. For example, we send unarmed code enforcement officers or fire marshals in to inspect buildings for violations. And sometimes things may escalate. And in those situations, they call the police department for backup. The question is, do police need to be the first to respond to those types of calls? And we do need to look at what the relationship would be between uh, personnel in a new department of transportation that do not have a gun and the police. But once again, um, by once again, freeing up police officer time to focus on more serious and violent crime, we hope that they can more quickly respond to dispatch calls. 40% um, of the calls to our police department currently relate to um, someone who's in a mental health crisis. And increasingly our police officers are being asked to be social workers, which is not what they were trained or signed up to do. And so if we can shift some of those responsibilities to a specialized care unit, um, we can shift some of the traffic enforcement to uh, a department of transportation, then our police can work to make sure that we can respond to uh, dispatch calls and serious crimes that occur in our community. And this vision includes a specialized care unit that would be a network of crisis responders, right? For, for yes. non-criminal calls like homelessness and mental health problems. Correct. And we're also talking about a comprehensive audit of police calls and also creating a community process around a number of public safety reforms. 
that has been described as a reimagining of public safety with direct involvement of people of color. What are you, what are you speaking about here specifically? Well, you know, for far too often we've created, we've equated public safety with more police while economic and social welfare programs have been viewed as special projects unrelated to health and safety. And I think we need to have a conversation as a community about what does safety mean to our community? And that may mean something very different for someone who lives in the Berkeley Hills than um, somebody who's African-American or Latinx living in the flatlands. And we need to make sure that our entire community is safe. And that, that will require a variety of approaches, having a police department, violence prevention, restorative justice, investments in, in our social services safety net so that we can address the, the social determinants that lead to crime. So that's the goal, so look comprehensively at, at it, the issue of public safety and public health in our community and to look at creating a new paradigm. Talking to Mayor Jesse Aragon about the police plan that was passed in Berkeley unanimously, as I said, with one sustaining uh, council member, Cheryl Davila, voting uh, to abstain. Uh, she wanted more for youth and restorative justice programs and actually more for housing and hospital, excuse me, and homeless services, mental health services as well. But she also wanted uh, and didn't get uh, censuring of the police chief, Andrew Greenwood. Yes, and she wanted an immediate 50% cut in our police department. And um, we felt that that was arbitrary and also would have resulted in over 90 personnel being terminated. And so we don't know what the, what the impacts of that would be to public safety in our community. And we need to do this right. We need to do this thoughtfully. Uh, we need to do this based on, an, on data and analysis and community dialogue and also working with our police department. So there are many who feel this isn't going, just isn't going far enough, but uh, you came to the compromise and what's the timeline? The timeline is over the next year to um, initiate a community process to engage every part of our community in having a conversation about our police department, our model of policing, and about how we can ensure that we can have a safer and healthier community. And so we hope to launch that process this fall. The, um, the audit and the analysis of our police, police calls and responses that's going to start soon. And the goal is to have recommendations to present to the city council next summer. Could I ask you to comment on the uh, attempt to censure the police chief, Andrew Greenwood, because I guess he made some remarks about uh, Black Lives Matter that were taken, uh, many people took offense to, he, and, and he talked about using, we can use lethal force or words to that effect. I think what the chief said was wrong. And uh, I, don't, I don't think that reflects who he is. And I don't think that reflects the Berkeley Police Department. We actually have a great police department. Uh, we haven't had an officer-involved shooting in Berkeley since 2012. Um, our, our police officers are leaders in crisis response and de-escalation, but that does not mean that we cannot do better. So um, I've stated that I, I think uh, what the chief said was wrong. I don't think it reflects our community and its values. I think he made a mistake, but you have to look at the person and, and their entire career. And the chief is committed, just as the city council is committed, to look at reimagining public safety and responding to the calls for changing our approach to police. We're going to get our callers involved. And again, you can join us toll free at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email any questions you may have to forum at kqed.org. And let's begin with Nancy from Berkeley. Nancy, welcome. You're on the air. Good morning. Um, as a very fortunate white person who lives in the relatively safe Berkeley Hills, I wanted to express my strong support for what the city council did on Tuesday. Uh, in, the, in the face of the Black Lives Matter movement, I've taken it upon myself to learn what police defunding means 
And guess what? It makes a ton of sense not to have police with guns approach all of our social problems. Um, but I also agree with the mayor that we need to take enough time to be sure that this effort is successful and becomes widely supported by the uh, community. And that's why I think the council did the right thing on Tuesday night. Thank you, Nancy. And we'll go right to another caller. That's Ede. Ede, join us. You're on the air. Hi. Uh, you know, I'm really, really sorry. This is total idiocy. Total idiocy. Total idiocy. You know, Berkeley is a good town also because, you know, the students at Cal who are victims to most of the marauders, they come from out of, out of the city uh, for that area. By the way, UC area is considered to be one of the highest property crime in the whole state. Let us stop it. One young 19-year-old student was shot dead in the head only a few weeks ago. Cal student, 19 years old. Shooting every night, including for last week at 7-Eleven on Telegraph and uh, Parker Street. They're all, all of us marauders come in cars. How can civil people stop them? This is idiocy. You know, I have lived in Berkeley over 50 years. This is one of the most stupid things. When is the Berkeley police? Berkeley police have always been good people. Yes, there were mistakes many times, but we need them. This is wrong. Not, Adida, not I'm going to have to interrupt everybody. you here because you've already said idiocy three times. We get the sense of your concern and your criticism and this uh, these first two calls i think uh, in some ways uh, may reflect the kind of uh, polarization that we're talking about but let me read some comments that are coming in beth says two things concern me too many expect police officers to be social workers mental health professionals substance abuse experts and society's band-aid money for the long term needs to be reinvested in those areas but until law enforcement officers can afford to live where they work and not be seen as outsiders from 40 plus miles away, there will be a disconnect. That's a point worth uh, ruminating on for a moment, if I could, uh, Mayor Aragon. Uh, that is, in fact, there's, a, there's an excellent article by a black police officer in uh, today's New York Times uh, about how you need to have officers who live in the community. He's against defunding, by the way, but he's, he says you need to have not only well-trained officers, well-hired officers, but also officers who represent the community. I completely agree. And I think officers that represent the racial diversity of our community. And um, my hope is that by sort of transforming our approach to policing, once again, we have to have police, um, that we can um, change our approach and really focus on community involved policing and really make sure that our police are community peacekeepers. Um, so I think we need to have people from our communities who went to our public schools, who, who know our cities. We have a lot of police officers on the Berkeley Police Force that actually grew up in Berkeley. And so that gives them a lot of perspective about our community, our values, and the needs of our community. And we'll go to more of our callers. Let's bring in a Berkeley caller. Becca, join us. You're on the air. Welcome. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Good morning, Mayor and Michael. And um, I'm really uh, I'm, I come from the Racial and Criminal Justice Group. We're a group here in Berkeley, and we've been very involved. I just joined. I'm a very new member, so I'm getting up to speed. But I just want to say, first of all, you know, thanks for everything that you're doing, Mayor, and to the council and Kate and, and to Cheryl. And, and I know that there's um, a lot of difficulty with that. And I, I myself, as a member of the community involved in that, would be happy to, you know, build bridges, help with any of that. Um, I think it's great work so far. I'm excited about the audit. Thank you for, you know, supporting that and the movement that we have going. Um, you know, I'd really love to see the council working together and figuring out how we can sort of take the edge off of this, what's going on with, um, you know, with Cheryl and the rest of the group. I, you know, I, I love what she's trying to do. I know it can be a challenging dynamic. But I think my main point is this. 
that, you know, we we have to, you know, take the police out of mental health and addiction. And what we need is people in the community, therapists, organizations, health organizations, leadership, pilot programs who want to get involved in creating this amazing thing. Like we could be as in Berkeley, we could be on the forefront of changing this. We have so many brilliant people. We could do a think tank at, at Cal with students like let's get on this as a community let's gather those people together who want to do it and you know get this going soon because you know yes there's crime in berkeley and we need police officers i agree i'm not for taking away the police officers but people are shooting people because they're desperate financially they need mental health they need um, addiction services. That's why there's crimes happening. So we have to start. It's, gonna, it's a long haul that we're in, but let's do it together. I love Berkeley. 40 of my 50 years here, born and raised. Thank you All so right. much. Becca, good to hear from you, and I appreciate your call. Thank you for that. Uh, some more praise for you, uh, Mayor, from Robin. It says, great leadership in Berkeley. It takes courage to try something, and even if parts of it fail, we will learn more about what works and what doesn't. The important thing is to start. And we have Carol who says, did Berkeley eliminate the use of toxic chemical sprays and wooden and rubber bullets on protesters and suspects? And if not, why? And if so, why did, mayor, did the mayor vote to keep them only two years ago? Uh, we actually voted to ban the use of tear gas um, for crowd control. And we are considering the use of other control, control um, tools. Um, so uh, we've taken some initial steps, such as looking at our use of force reporting, and, and, and limiting the police use of force, looking at the issue of racial disparities in police stops. So we know there's, we have a, a ways to go. I wonder what your thoughts are, Mary, Mayor Aragon, on um, some comments that were made by UC Berkeley law professor Franklin Zimmering, uh, who, as I'm sure you know, has been very involved in police actions and actions mm -hmm. uh, critical of the police uh, for many years now. He's skeptical about uh, reaching the goals, and he is largely because of, uh, well, union questions facing pension plans and payouts uh, for personnel leaving. Get your thoughts yes. on that. Well, going back to the proposal to cut the police budget by 50%, we could have done that on Tuesday night, but then it would be tied up in meet and confer for probably a year. So we actually wouldn't have seen the actual effects of that for quite some time. So I think he raises a very good point. You know, the way that our state laws are currently structured do give police unions enormous power. Um, I will acknowledge that um, you know our police have have not um, uh, come to this conversation defensively, but rather have kept an open mind. And I hope that we can work in, in collaboration with them to to discuss and explore these various different proposals. But it's going to be challenging, and we're going to have to overcome those things. And if we want to have real reform, it's we're going to have to make changes in Sacramento. There's no question about it. Well, a question from another listener. So next year, the number of police officers going to be reduced, meaning officers will be fired? Is that part of the goal? Well, uh, right now, as part of the budget that we adopted for this next fiscal year, we actually reduced the police department budget by not filling certain vacancies. But we also made sure that we kept a certain minimum level of our police department to be able to provide baseline services. So my hope is through attrition, we can look at making changes rather than, you know, making layoffs. Um, and uh, I think those are all the, those are the types of issues that we're going to have to discuss and work on over the, over the next year. And our guest is Jesse Aragine, mayor of Berkeley. And let's get another caller on. Mike, join us. You're on. Hi, I just wanted to comment on one of the uh, callers you had earlier about saying that it was a uh, idiocity about 
you know, um, defunding, I guess, or allocating funds to uh, different um, programs, because what you're talking about is exactly what I think needs to be done. And the police presence has been known that not actually have any effect on um, preventing crime. So I don't know why the guy was so aggressive when the data doesn't actually show that extra policing reduces crime. I mean, they don't need to be the first responders to homelessness and mental disorders. Um, I think what you're trying to do in Berkeley is exactly what needs to be done. And I really appreciate that uh, going forward, that that's what you're doing. And we thank you for the call. Uh, Mayor, did you look at Camden, New Jersey, where they've uh, claimed to have a 42% drop uh, with defunding of police? Absolutely. We looked at Camden. We looked at other models. Um, you know, they did not eliminate their police department. They sort of rebuilt their police department. And I, I, that's the approach that we want to take. And I think it's important to acknowledge in Minneapolis, they spent a great deal of time over the last few years trying to, you know, implement um, considerable reforms, to their approach to policing. But um, ultimately, they did not result in the kind of, of improvements that they wanted. And officer misconduct still existed. So what Minneapolis has said, we can no longer tinker around the edges, but rather we need to completely transform our approach to public safety, and that is what Berkeley is also doing. Yeah, well, George Floyd, unfortunately, was a consequence of a lack of reform with police in Minneapolis. Uh, we're all too aware of that. I wonder what you say to someone like Robert, who writes, Berkeley will become a safe haven for drunk drivers, and with no vehicle searches, no illegal guns are going to be confiscated. I, I respectfully disagree. Um, you know, once again, we have to look at uh, how um, how we can do traffic enforcement effectively and safely. I will just note that it has been represented in the media that we voted to take traffic enforcement out of police immediately. No final decision's been made. We don't have all the answers yet, but if we are serious about transforming policing, this is the conversation that we need to have, and there are legal and operational issues that we have to explore. And here's Beata from Berkeley. Beata, welcome. Beata. Are you there? Oh, hello. Sorry, I accidentally <laughs> muted myself. Well, I'm glad you're there. Um, Go ahead, please. Yeah. Um, I just heard that a lot of people were talking about UC Berkeley students, and I was listening, and I'm a UC Berkeley student, so I just wanted to input my experience. I'm in huge favor of your ideas and policies, and um, I just wanted to contribute my idea that um, – Along University Avenue, especially by the Bay Trail, it's really sad if you're ever around there. Um, there's like congregations of homeless people and homeless camps. And um, I've, as I've traveled in Europe a couple of times, I've seen like these homes for these homes that are really, really beautiful and pleasant to live in that are for lower income, lower income housing. And it seems like if we designated some of the funds that we're getting from the that we're reducing from the police and then channeling them towards lower income housing to break that in that porn cycle, um, I feel like that would be something that would be really helpful in, in reducing crime rates. Beata, I thank you for the call. We've got seconds left. Do you want to respond to Beata's call, Mayor? I'll just say that, you know, she raises a good point. We need to look at reinvesting money from our police department budgets into addressing homelessness, mental health, and other social services. And we know that so much has gone into, into our Pentagon budget, and we need to reinvest in our communities. Mayor Aragon, good yeah. luck with all this, and good to have you on with us on Forum. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.
That's Jesse Aragain, who is the mayor of Berkeley. When we return, we're going to talk with Sam Licardo, who is the mayor of San Jose, and we'll talk about some police reform there. It's not defunding, it's reform. Stay tuned. That's next. I'm Michael Krasny. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. 